0: Thank you, Casey and Kim. Um, my name is Anthony. I'm pastor at Fellowship Church. Again, uh, Tim said if you're if you're joining us for the first time today, or if you're joining us online for the first time today, we'd love to know if you could um, just text six two four eight eight the word new the word new to six two four eight eight. We won't harass you. We just like to um, send some emails following up on you, seeing how we can serve you in any way possible. Uh, We'd love to bless you with a gift. And so that's really important to us. We don't want just people to watch a service or join. We really would like to connect with people. Um, Church is really nothing without connection. And in a day and age where it looks like church is something that you just simply watch or listen to, it's very easy to lose connection. And so connection is what's most important right now. And we'd encourage you to look for ways uh, to connect. Um, Those things are very important. We need each other now probably more than we ever have uh, in our in our history um, that we know of right now in our lifetimes and so I'd encourage you guys look for ways to connect um, and as Tim also mentioned and we don't want to just keep repeating announcements but there are some ways to connect coming up soon and we're looking for new ways to connect but one way is just we're gonna have a men's and women's lunch coming up in August just to help you connect um, and to help you get connected and help you learn ways to serve and to lead so All that being said, uh, we're going to start a new series today called uh, Suit Up, and this will take us through the end of the summer. It'll take us all the way through September. And how many of you are praying that September looks a lot different than what July looks like, in a good way? Like, it could look a lot different, like in a really worse way, but I'm believing for a better way. I want September to be better. I'd love to be um, looking back at what we've gone through and say, wow, the, the world is in a much better place. And that's where my hope is. That's what I'm trusting God for. So I'm looking forward to September, but I'm looking forward to each and every day this summer. And each and every Sunday this summer, we can focus on uh, this series is on the armor of God. And that is, I think, a very appropriate thing to be talking about this time in our history. Um, If you haven't met him yet, uh, this is Jen. Jen has been with our church for a long time. His wife's son lives up in our attic. And uh, this is his first time out in about three years. So you think your quarantine's been rough. Uh, jen has has really been secluded and we only take him out when he's needed and so sorry jen Uh, but uh jen is wearing today the first part of the armor of god he's still got his shoes getting ready for him and his shield uh tim warnock and his friend uh nick have been working tirelessly on this costume they did not buy this they made this is that impressive for a thousand dollars it can be yours now they can literally make anything they're working on some ant-man costumes i thought about like Ant-Man's way cooler than this, but this is pretty awesome, too. He did a great job, so thank you, Tim and Nick, and I'm, I'm excited for that shield. If you're a kid and you touch that costume, this is your last time here. Don't touch it. It's actually sharp, and, and Jin is actually able to destroy you. And so be very careful not to touch Jin. He could actually fall on you. And so this is Jin. He's, he He's got his robe. I think it's a Target Goodfellow brand waving in the wind um beautiful man isn't he uh you should see his abs underneath that that armor okay so one thing we, we're we trying to do is figure out how to do church with kids present too and so we got to make these these services kid friendly and so um if you're an adult and you feel like oh, the pastor's acting like he's talking to kids it's it's because i am a lot of the time and so um how many of you kids or adults like uh superheroes and comic books Comic books, superheroes. Now um, you really there's a lot of choices, but but the two big choices are are, are just two. It's it's DC or Marvel. And, and and if if you have met Jesus, then your answer is Marvel. Uh, if you've if you've yet to if you've yet to be filled with the Spirit of God, then it's DC. Um, but you know Marvel is where it is at. And uh, as a a young teenager, I was incredibly into Marvel Comics. But I want to let uh, you, you millennials and Gen Zers in on a secret, is that the Avengers were like the least popular Marvel comic that there was uh, in the 80s and 90s. No one liked the Avengers. How many of you guys, you were, you were a child or a teen in the 80s or 90s, what, what superhero team from Marvel was it actually all about back then? Anybody know? Not the Fantastic Four. No, it's X-Men. X-Men was where it was at until Fox ruined X-Men. And so X-Men was where things were at. And so all of a sudden, because uh, Marvel doesn't own the rights to X-Men, at least they they didn't. Thank God they do now. Um, they had to make do with what they had. And so they, they created this Marvel Cinematic Universe. How many of you are thankful to God for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I am. And, and so of all of the avengers there there was one character that was the least popular um in in the 70s 80s and 90s there was a character that no one who liked marvel comics liked he was the lamest of all superheroes and his name is iron man and now iron man's like the most popular superhero but i think the iron man's the worst and you can try and prove me wrong later but so iron man he doesn't have any powers he has nothing about him that makes him special except for he has money. And, and and money does not make you special. Ladies, am I right? Money does not make you special. And um, armor. Literally anybody could be a hero if they put on armor. And so, so the guy can fly around. But my question is, why can't everybody wear that armor? Like, why just Tony Stark? And so Iron Man is this... This kind of this least popular character that became really the most popular character. So question. If you had any kind of armor that you could wear, and adults can answer, but I'm really talking to kids. If you could wear any kind of armor, what would it be? Josh? The iron spider? Yeah, that is that's a that is a cool costume. Iron Man plus Spider Man is better. Ivan, what kind of iron what kind of armor would you wear? Do you know, Ivan? If you could choose any kind of armor, what would it be? What what kind of armor would you wear? Any any other kids know what kind of armor you'd wear? Addison, what kind of armor would you wear if you could wear armor? Still figuring it out. Well, don't choose Iron Man, okay? Choose something good like Iron Spider. Anybody else, okay? What about you? Ooh, Thanos' armor. And actually, when Tim was when Tim was designing this armor, I was like, I want. The armor to be displayed on, like the scarecrow thing that Thanos' armor was on in the Avengers, but instead we got Jin. And um, so, yeah, Thanos does have some cool armor. Also, one of the worst villains of all time. He's purple. Um, anybody else? What kind of armor would you wear if you could wear it? Okay, Addison, did you think of something? Batgirl and Supergirl together, Super Batgirl. Yeah, that that is that would be some amazing armor. So, really, for the ladies though, like I've got to say uh, the. I I was bashing on DC, but the one DC movie that's really good, and Tim and I agreed on this this morning, is Wonder Woman. It was a good movie. And and she had some pretty serious armor. Um, Not quite as modest as gin, but but her armor is pretty incredible as well. So let's talk about armor for a minute today, if you can. Um, During the time of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, and during the time of a guy named Paul, um, they lived in an area called Israel. And back then, some people called it Palestine. But in Israel, they were under the occupation of an empire called Rome. How many of you kids have ever heard of Rome before? The Roman Empire was not a good empire. It was a pretty evil empire. They did some good things, too, but but a lot of really, really bad things. So the Roman Empire, um, they really terrorized their citizens with putting Roman soldiers in the cities that they occupied. And the Roman soldiers wore armor— A lot like this. And so if you lived in a time and in a place where most people just wore like cloth robes, it would have actually been intimidating uh, to see people wearing armor. And to today's standards, this armor doesn't seem very significant. But back then, anyone wearing this armor would have seemed impenetrable. And so they had armor, they had swords, they had shields, they were ready to go to battle. And there were uh, centurions uh, leaders of forces, there were executioners, there were guards, there were, there were military forces, all sorts of, of Roman soldiers. And so this guy named Paul, 2,000 years ago, he writes a letter to some Christians in a city called Ephesus in the Roman Empire. And when he finishes the letter, he wants to talk about something they would be very familiar with and something every single person in the Roman Empire would have been familiar with would have been this armor. You wouldn't have looked at this armor and thought, like, oh, wow, this, this this is the kind of person I want to be or trust. This is actually someone that they would have been terrified of if they were not Romans themselves. And so he talks about armor that everyone would have been able to recognize. And so I'm going to read a verse from Ephesians chapter 6. So Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 17. And I do need some kids to help read it as well. If any kid, like, under 12 that reads really well— wants to read something out loud, I'll need you here in a second, but I'm going to go ahead and read Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. It says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So put on the whole armor of God. And when these people would have heard armor, they would have immediately thought of this, put on the whole armor of God says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So Paul says, stand with the armor of God on, stand really firm. And if things get really, really, really tough, don't run away. In fact, hunker down and stand a little bit more firmly. He says, this is how you're going to stand. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He says, in all circumstances, take up the shield. We'll have that next week. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. He says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to hold this the rest of the time. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so let's look at that real quick. We're talking about the armor of God. Here's where I need a kid to read. So what kid can read? Josh, you've read before. I'm going to see if there's any other kid that hasn't read yet. So hide your faces, kids, so I don't call on you. Going, 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 going. Any kid want to read? Because I'm going to call on one randomly here. Okay, Josh, come on up. Come on up. You get to read. Josh is the only one obedient to the Lord. Okay, so (laughs) Josh, you're going to read up here. Okay, it's kind of bright. Ephesians 6, 12, you're going to read these this verse here okay for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over the presence of darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places <laughs> thank you wow he's like that's good josh like he's like cosmic powers over this present darkness you've probably never read that before outside of the bible have you you oh you have okay okay pastor's kid Okay, so who are these forces? Paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against these other things. So who are these forces? He says we wrestle against rulers. Um, one word this is translated into in English is this word principalities. We, we wrestle against principalities, and this is a word we don't use. And so what are we wrestling against? What rulers are we wrestling against? Well, this word principalities, it means the first place, principle, rule. Magistry beginning and so Paul uses this word about first order not not the first order by the way in Star Wars but but actually a lot worse than than the first order he, he uses this word that the first the, the principle the principality he, he says these are referred to now as spiritual things what we might call angels or demons but spiritual things holding dominions entrusted to them in order and so, actually, in the Bible, it talks about spiritual forces that have been put over territory, put over evil, put over people groups and nations and kingdoms and empires. In fact, in Deuteronomy 32, it's, it's in your app there. I'd encourage you to study on Deuteronomy 32. But, but God is talking uh, to Moses and to the people of Israel and actually talks about at the Tower of Babel, God gives these different nations up to spiritual forces to rule over them because they didn't want God to rule over them. And so there are evil spiritual forces that hold dominion and principality, and, and they hold power over entire regions. And in fact, we learn about this in Daniel chapter 10. Have you kids ever heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den before? Is Daniel in the lions' den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? But in Daniel chapter ten, there is uh, this angel that comes to visit Daniel, and he says in verse thirteen, "The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia." So there was a Persian empire before there was a Roman empire, and before there was a Greek empire, and here, Daniel recognizes this as an angel says, I actually had to go to battle for three weeks against a principality, a spirit that was over the empire of Persia. And so Paul says, that's actually what we're warring against. Next, the next word that shows up is authorities. What is an authority? It's a Greek word, exousia. and authority is leading or more powerful created beings superior to man. So Paul says, we're battling things that have that have powers beyond our imagination. We're battling spiritual forces, not physical forces. And then that word that Josh read that's so weird, Paul says, we're battling cosmic powers over this present darkness. Cosmic powers over this present darkness. And I was looking at that phrase in Greek in a really more clear way to translate that to English is this, the Lord of darkness of this era. Who is the Lord of darkness? In this era some of you whispering is satan it's the devil so paul actually says here he could have just came out and said it but he says we're, we're battling against these spiritual forces in, in in high places powerful forces we're wrestling against the devil and finally he says spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places what that is is just wicked spiritual beings outside of this realm of existence as we know it paul says this battle is spiritual it is serious it, it it's it's growing and it's not going to go away until jesus returns and so paul says we're battling against these things and so if three things i'd like you guys to know today and if your kids especially if you could talk with your parents about this later it's this if it has flesh and blood it's not your enemy if it has flesh and blood it's not your enemy so people are not your enemy there may be people used by the enemy There may be people who want to harm you. There may be people who do evil things, but they're not the true enemy. And so when you look at a fellow human being made in the image of God, you can't actually look at them and say, they are the enemy. Instead, you need to have your thoughts transformed and understand they're being used by the enemy. And so there may be times where we do have to battle or defend ourselves or fight against physical forces, but it's not the physical forces that are the problem. It is the spiritual forces that are the very problem. And so you and I are engaged in spiritual warfare. Every war that's ever been fought on planet Earth has not been about flesh and blood. It has been about spiritual things. We're engaged in spiritual warfare, whether you believe in God whether you believe in spirits, whether you believe in the devil, whether you believe in spiritual farces of darkness and heavenly places, you're in a spiritual war. So 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. I'm going to try a kid reading one more time. A kid reading one more time. Can the, I need a kid. And I'm going to call on yes. Come, can you read for me, please? Please. You got a mustache? That You could be a kid with a mustache. It's all right. We can wax it. Okay, you don't have to read. Okay, okay. Anybody else? Kid, going, 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 going. Josh, still the obedient to the Lord one. How about a teenager wants to read? It? Zion, come on up. You, your allowance depends on it. So come on up. Now Zion's got a mustache. Okay, so, okay, so Second Corinthians ten three through four. For through, <clears throat> for though we walk. Oh, hold on. For though we walk in in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Good job, Zion. Well, fifteen-year-olds can read. Good job. So Paul, this is Paul again, guys. He says this, like, hey, we we have bodies, we have flesh and blood. He says we're walking in the flesh, but even though we're walking in the flesh, he says we're not waging war according to the flesh. This is not a physical battle. He says the weapons of our warfare, they're not of flesh. They're not physical. They're not flesh and blood. So so we can't go to war to fight the real problems of this world with tanks and bullets and swords and spears and bows and arrows. There's something else that's going on. Paul says we have weapons that have divine power to destroy strongholds. And if you notice, this correlates right back to what he says in Ephesians. He says we're warring against principalities. And principalities have strongholds. And so, again, this may seem very strange and science fiction-y, but it's the Word of God. There are spiritual forces that have ruling power over things on this earth. And Paul says, in Jesus, we can actually destroy the strongholds that they have. So I want to tell you what we're experiencing right now in the world. Can I do that? Here's what we're all going through right now. Right now, planet Earth is fighting against principalities. And you might say, well, how does that look right now? It looks like this. It looks like tribalism. It looks like racism. And it looks like nationalism. These are things, I believe there are spiritual forces of darkness that are manipulating people to cause chaos that want people to believe that our battle is against flesh and blood or people that might look different believe different behave different or have different skin color than we do that is a very principality-ish type thing there are forces of darkness pushing people in those directions and so right now the chaos that we see erupting in our nation outside of covid-19 it, it is not a flesh and blood problem it is a spiritual sin problem amen It is a sin problem that we need a heart solution for. And Paul says that as believers in Jesus, we actually have power to destroy those strongholds. We're also battling powerful spiritual beings. These these powerful spiritual beings, these authorities, we're battling something called chaos, in ancient times, there were many pagan people who actually worshiped the God of chaos. And, and I'm telling you, we are battling right now spiritual enemies that would like to cause chaos within our world, would like to cause destruction, and would like to bring about fear. That's why the Bible says, it was Paul who said, it, he says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Principalities and forces of darkness bring the spirit of fear, but God gives us power and love and self-control right now we are actually battling the devil. Right now in this world, we're battling the devil. And you might say, well, that's just an easy cop-out, but it's not. Right now, the devil is trying to do whatever he can to thwart the progress of the church. I wanna make something really clear. Um, Some people might think that like, hey, I I think our government is, is in basements right now. Uh, maniacally planning about how they can shut down the church. I don't think that's happening. I, I think that this virus that we're experiencing is very real. Uh, it is something we need to be very cautious of, but with that, I want you to know the enemy is using that virus. I don't think that our governors are maniacally planning how to shut down churches, but I think the enemy is. And I think the enemy will use things like viruses and like racism and like chaos and like an election year and like political parties and like nations to cause utter chaos to try to thwart what God is doing, but the enemy actually can't do that. Right now, we are battling wicked spiritual beings from other realms, bringing about depravity of every kind across this planet that is now being exposed by the light and the word of gods and do you know who the biggest collateral is right now in this battle just so we can be really clear you know who the biggest collateral is it's our children our children are the biggest collateral in the spiritual warfare that we are in right now so right now we don't battle for ourselves I don't battle for myself. I battle for my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. And I battle for our children because it is the children that are the collateral in this war that we're experiencing. And they are the ones that, if we're not very cautious, could get left behind. But here's the good news. Good news is this. Even though we're in a war, the victory of the war has already been secured. Uh, Listen to this verse very carefully, if you could. Colossians 2.13 says this, that Jesus disarmed the rulers and Jesus disarmed the authorities and Jesus put the rulers and authorities to open shame by triumphing over them. So Paul, again, he uses these same phrases, rulers, authorities. He says Jesus won the battle. Through his life lived to the Father through his death on the cross as he was hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, it was not Jesus who was put to shame. It was actually the forces of evil that were put to shame because they thought they could destroy the Son of God, but through his resurrection, he put them to shame. And so this victory is already secured. These spiritual forces know that their time is short. Paul, again, Ephesians 1:20 20 and 23, it says, God worked in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places. There's that word again. He seated Jesus far above all rule, far above all authority, that same word, far above all power and dominion, those same words, far above every name that is named, not only in this era or age, but the one that is to come. And the father put all things under the feet of Jesus and gave Jesus as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all so what does the Bible say what does Paul say Paul says that right now the enemies of God are under the feet of Jesus That right now, Jesus is reigning, he's ruling, he is the King of kings, he's the Lord of lords, he has put the enemy to shame through his life, death, and resurrection, and his enemies are our enemies, they are under his feet. And so you might say, well, pastor, aren't we still experiencing the enemy? Yes, the enemy has been defeated. The enemy's fate is secure, but here's what's going on right now. Right now, God is being patient. The Bible says God is patient. He doesn't want anybody to perish. His desire is that all would come to repentance. And so you might say, why doesn't God just vanquish evil for good right now? And the answer to that is because there are still some who are being called to belong to him and who he is using the church to reach with the good news of Jesus to save them. And so I will gladly wait patiently in the chaos of this world if it means even one more person can enter into the kingdom of God. And so some of us are saying, Jesus, come quickly. The world is crazy. And I would say yes and amen. However, I would like more people to have Jesus come quickly for. Wouldn't you? Like, what, what, don't you want to see your grandkids saved, your, your your children saved, your coworkers saved, people that haven't even lived yet? And so right now, God's being patient. Jesus tells this weird story. He says, you got to be careful when you pull out the good harvest or when you pull out weeds, you could actually pull out things that are good too. And so God's being patient right now, waiting to pull out the weeds so that we have the greatest opportunity to grow. So God's waiting for more people to enter into his victory. And so here's what you need to know, and this is where the armor of God comes in as we close. Even though the enemy's been defeated, even though the enemy can no longer accuse us before God, even though the enemy cannot stop the progress of the gospel, the enemy, his forces, and everyone who would enter into rebellion are still a real threat to the world and to the church right now. So yes, the enemy's defeat is secure, victory is imminent, but there is still a threat. Look at 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, what, any of you kids know? He prowls around like a roaring, what, Josh? Lion, Yeah. The enemy, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And you might say, but I thought that the enemy was defeated. And I'd say, he is, but right now he's on a chain. He's defeated, but he's still amongst us, and he's going about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. John 10.10, Jesus says the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to what? Any kid know? To kill, steal, and someone said destroy. Mercedes what? Yeah, your mom gave you the answer. Good job, Aubrey. And good job, Mercedes. Okay, so the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus says, but. But I have come that you might have what? Life. And have it abundantly, to the full, exceedingly. And so... Even though victory secure, Jesus is warning us. He says there's still an enemy going about like a roaring lion. He's seeking people to devour. The thief is still trying to kill and to steal and destroy. But here is the good news for the Christian, by the way. If you would call on the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved, the enemy cannot steal your salvation. The enemy cannot kill your eternal life. The enemy cannot destroy the spirit of God living inside of you. And so your salvation is secure in the hands of Jesus, which are gripped in the hands of the Father. The enemy can't take that away, but he can sure try to make your life miserable, can't he? He can sure try to kill your testimony. He can sure try to steal your effectiveness. He can sure try to destroy your the good works that God wants to use you to do and accomplish to bring more people to him. And you might say, well, who is the devil seeking that he might devour? Well, people that don't belong to Christ, people who have yet to put faith in Jesus. He is seeking people to devour, and he is seeking followers of Jesus to devour again their their their, their, their godly standing and their testimony and their, their their close standing relationship with God. He's trying to devour those things. And so even though there's thieves and lions, you don't need to be afraid because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, did he? He gave us power, love, self-control. We have victory over the forces of darkness and God has provided us with power and with armor that enables us to withstand the lion and it enables us to stand when the evil day comes and to go into battle for the souls of men. You see, armor isn't just to protect you from lions and thieves. Armor is to go out and advance God's kingdom with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I like this. This feels so natural. But it's, what did you say, Hannah? Okay. I'm holding a sword, so be careful what you say. Okay. Okay so here's here's these three verses we'll close with in case if you want to get ready to lead us in a song so kids pay attention these are the things i want you to know the enemy has been defeated victory has been accomplished and right now we're just waiting for the enemy to be destroyed right now we're waiting for principalities to be destroyed Right now we're waiting for spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places to be destroyed. And right now is not the time to hunker down in a bunker. Right now is a time to actually go forth and battle for the souls of men. Not battle against people who don't know Jesus, but battle for people who don't know Jesus. Not battle against people because they don't think, behave, or believe the same thing that we do, but battle for them with the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and so isaiah tells us this followers of jesus you don't need to fear because isaiah 54 it says no weapon that is formed against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their vindication from me declares the lord so what do you need to know as a follower of jesus that no matter what the thief brings against you, that no matter what the lion comes at you with, God's word promises for those who are his heritage, it promises no weapon formed against you will prosper. You might say, well, pastor, what if COVID-19 kills me? The weapon hasn't prospered. But Because you live forever with Christ you're resurrected to a new life in jesus christ when you've been saved by him and so no no weapon covid 19 can't prosper chaos and racism can't prosper um political agendas and military powers and and wicked things happening on this earth because of spiritual forces of evil they can't prosper no weapon formed against you shall prosper and right now many people in the church are trying to hide in a bunker where jesus is actually saying take up the sword Fight for me, not against people. Make that very clear. Fight for grace, love, hope, things of the Spirit. Romans 8.37 says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul then says, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. He's talking about the exact same things he's talking about in Ephesians 6. Those spiritual forces of evil. You don't need to fear. We're more than conquerors because I am confident that they are not able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. COVID-19 is not able to separate you from the love of Christ. Chaos, warfare, warfare, financial calamity are not able to separate you from the love of God in Christ. So put on the armor and keep fighting. Put on the armor. That's why he says, and after you've done everything, if you feel like throwing in the towel, he says, don't throw in the towel. After you've done everything to stand, he says, keep standing, keep holding your ground. Don't sit down, don't give up, don't shut up. Keep moving forward with the word of God. And here's our last verse, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to God. So what should we do? The song we sang, come and consume me, God. My heart is yours. So submit yourself from God. And it then says, resist the devil and he'll devour you. Is that what it says? Resist the devil and he'll kill you. He'll steal from you. He'll destroy you. No, in Jesus Christ, we have power over these forces of darkness John said that Jesus came, the reason reason he came was to destroy the devil and his works. That's what it says. And so what you need to know as a follower of Jesus, that when you resist the devil, the word of God says he will flee from you. So pastor, the enemy is coming up against me. Fear has overtaken me. The world of chaos is surrounding me. Okay, what does the Word of God say to do? Hey, you're more than a conqueror. No one can separate you from the love of God. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And so, keep submitting yourself to God. Keep standing. And after you've want to give up, just keep on standing. Put on the armor of God. And here's what you need to do, church. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. So the moment you resist him, you keep on going because in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. And the Father has given Jesus, once again, the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. you bow your heads and pray? Kids, if you could close your eyes and bow your heads to pray, um, just so you can focus on Jesus, okay? God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the promise that you have victory. Thank you, Jesus, for your life, death, and victorious resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, that you have put principalities and powers in the devil and wicked spiritual forces to shame on the cross and in your resurrection thank you jesus that the enemy is now under your feet not that he ever wasn't but but you were waiting for the right time and through your life death and resurrection you brought destruction you brought victory and now the enemy is under your feet and you are waiting for the last enemy to be destroyed which your word says is death and so jesus we acknowledge today that even in your victory that that for this time for this era that the enemy is still prowling like a roaring lion we acknowledge god that, that there is a thief who is trying to kill steal and destroy And so, God, we stand in unity and in faith today, and we say in Jesus' name, not our kids. We say in Jesus' name, not our grandkids. We say in Jesus' name, not our great, great grandchildren. We believe that your blessings, God, are are for us and for those who are far off. And so in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the devil. And Jesus, we ask you, to allow us to walk in that victory and ask by the power of your spirit that, that the enemy would be resisted and flee specifically from our kids, our grandkids, and our great-grandkids. You have no jurisdiction or authority over them, devil, so release them in the name of Jesus who has defeated you, who has lived a perfect life against your temptation, who has defeated you, and who has defeated death and has victory through the cross and through the resurrection. Holy Spirit, come and empower us and equip us. God, as as weapons begin to be formed against us and begin to be lobbed our way, we stand firm and securely knowing that they will not succeed. God, we know that nothing, no, no spiritual forces can separate us from your love. But God, you've called us to go to warfare, you've called us to go to battle, you've called us to fight the enemy, putting on the full armor of God. And so because of that, we we walk in that divine right to destroy strongholds. And so God, we speak against the stronghold of death in Jesus' name. We speak against the stronghold of virus and disease in Jesus' name. We speak against the stronghold of fear in Jesus' name. We speak against the stronghold of tribalism and racism and nationalism that would try to divide us, when instead, you have called us to belong to you and to be a chosen race, a chosen people for your own possession. So we speak against those things which would try to divide and we ask instead for unity, we ask instead for faith over fear, and we declare victory over these things in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit and the will of the Father. God, if there's anybody today that has not yet walked into the victory, who hasn't yet received you and your salvation and faith, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd convict them of sin Show them their need for a Savior and give them faith to trust in you. Again, just waiting here for a second. If you'd say today, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, but the Spirit of God's doing something in my heart right now, and I I need to know what do I do. And it's like last week, uh, Peter said this. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. So if you'd say today, I don't know Jesus, but but today I want to trust in him. What I want you to know is he he lived for you, a life you couldn't live. He died for you, a death you deserve to die. He rose again, defeating Satan, sin, hell, and death, so that you could have life and have life abundantly. And so when you put your trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, your relationship with God restored, and you're given everlasting life and the power of God's Spirit, which can stand against the enemy. So with no one looking around, if you'd say today, Pastor, I want to put my faith in jesus i want to surrender my life to him i want to give my life to jesus and i would like jesus to save me and serve him for the rest of my life would you raise your hand if that's you as high as you can say yeah that's me i want jesus i want to serve christ i i want to turn away from my sin i want to follow jesus i want him i want to have that power and authority not from myself but from him and if you're watching online let us know if you want to surrender your life to christ god thank you for this time Over the rest of the summer, as we begin to look at the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes ready for the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, as we look at these things and as we wrap this time up, studying how we could stand against the schemes of the devil, I pray, God, that we would take it to heart and that each and every day we would put that armor on so that we could not just hunker down, and be on the defense, but instead we can move forward in offensive spiritual warfare in the name of Jesus against the enemy, his works, and his effects, and not against flesh and blood. In Jesus' name, amen.